Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Thank you for joining us back at the Footballist Family Podcast. And I just want to let everybody know that I'm looking forward to, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, I'm looking forward to Thursday the 16th, which is tomorrow if you're looking at it from the day I'm recording it. Because that is the day that the Waverly Central High School Tiger football team will go to Nissan Stadium in Nashville and get to play in Nissan Stadium. This is something that I'm very proud of not only because it's the high school where my son is going and my daughters will be going eventually, but it's also the fact that you see an NFL team looking out after the community. There are a lot of teams in the NFL that do this, and and I'm just giving you for instance. So if you see tomorrow that uh, Waverly Tigers have invaded an NFL team or a stadium, that's because we did, and we hope to come back with with a W. So I think that's pretty cool. That's going to come up tomorrow. And I've been telling you stories about a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I put on a on a podcast about the flood that took place in Waverly, killing 20 people, including uh, two seven-month-old twins. Uh, it was absolutely terrible. And this is something where the children, uh, the the young, the young adults there, the the teenagers, get to experience something that they may never. Uh, get to experience again. Odds are many of them will not play in college and definitely many of them will not play in the NFL. But they could say that on September the 16th, 2021, I got to play in the NFL stadium. And the Titans really have come forward and come through for them. And I appreciate that. Uh, Today, uh, I was listening uh, to a couple of podcasts recently. uh, and, And one of them in particular, our buddy Dana, uh, talked about, you know, making basically making a fantasy football team for each team. You know, each one of their best players would make it into a fantasy football team. And I started thinking, you know, I want to kind of piggyback off of what Dana did. And I want to look at uh, something that really, uh, really kind of hits home to me. I started watching the football, football in the 80s. I was I grew up a basketball fan more than anything else. Magic Johnson was my guy. I love Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then uh, Will Perdue from Vanderbilt. Loved it. You know, everybody was a Bulls fan in the 90s. But in baseball, too, I grew up an Oakland Athletics fan and Boston Red Sox fan. 
But when I started following football more, uh, you know, especially with Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl, the 80s really had a lot of good players in it. And that's really when I started following it. And I have a lot of fun memories about those players. So today I'm going to tell you, at least in my opinion, and if you're, you think I'm wrong, which I probably am on a few things, uh, you know, let me know. But I'm going to tell you my top players from the 1980s. Now, here is my criteria. Um, they had to play the majority of, their, of, uh, of the 80s. They didn't have to start in the 80s, but they had to play the majority of the time in the 80s three, four, five, six years, six years, five years, something like that. Um, they're not necessarily the best players, but they're the ones that I think best um, uh, epitomizes the, the 80s and their teams. Uh, many of them are in the Hall of Fame, if not all of them. Uh, and when you look at these guys, I'm not saying that I will take a year with them. I would take one game with them. And I bet you, I can beat with this team anything, you know, if they had the same type of training, everything like that, that they do today, I bet you I could take with this team and beat any team in the NFL right now or any team in history. And I'm that confident, not because of my picking, but because of the players that are on this team. So today we're going to call this the all decade team, that eighties team. We'll call it, we'll call it team football is family. And here's what I'm going to do. I have, Five offensive linemen, and they're not necessarily in the position that they played in, but I bet you they can transfer. I have three wide receivers, one tight end, one quarterback, one wide receiver. I'm running a 4-3-4. Four, four. Uh, I like the 4-3-4. Four, four. I believe you need to get push up in the front four. And also I want the back three uh, linebackers to have – uh, to have their places to, to stay, and they have to be able to cover as well as tackle. And, of course, you have the cornerbacks and the free safety and the safety, and we'll have a kicker and punter. So I'm going to start out with the front four. Defensive end, Chris Dolman. And this guy right here, you have never seen Chris Dolman. Look him up. 150.5 sacks, 21 sacks in 1989. Five-time Pro Bowler, eight-time or five-time All-Pro, eight or excuse me, five-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Fame. Put him on the corner, on the opposite corner. Corner. I'm going to put Randy White. Now again, not necessarily put these guys in this position, but this is what I would do. Defensive end Randy White. Eight. Uh, he was a nine-time Pro Bowler, nine-time All-Pro, Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Famer. You're not getting around me. So you're going to go up the middle, right? Well, let me say this again. Bruce Smith and Reggie White are going to take my defensive tackles. Again, these guys can line up in defensive tackle, defensive ends, but I'm going to put them as defensive tackles. Bruce Smith, 200 sacks, all-time leader. 11-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro. Four-time Super Bowl, four-time AFC champion. He played in the Super Bowl four years in a row. NFL all-time leader in sacks, like I said. Reggie White, which is probably the best defensive lineman of all time. You think, well, Bruce Smith is. I, I'd say Bruce Smith did what he did, but Reggie White did it better. Uh, Reggie White, 13-time All-Pro and Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ. Most sacks in the Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Famer as well. Uh, Reggie White was, if you thought of the Eagles in the 80s, you thought of Randall Cunningham 
and Reggie White. Uh, Reggie White went to the Packers and won a Super Bowl. Bruce Smith went to the Redskins and did not win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think of Bruce Smith as a Redskin. I think of him as a Bill. I really kind of think of Reggie White as an Eagle, too. I love the Kelly Green. Bring those back as well. So there's my front four. My back three. I saved my back three, my linebackers. I got Ricky Jackson, six-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro, Super Bowl champ and Hall of Famer. Harry Carson and Lawrence Taylor, both from the Giants. Both were Super Bowl champions. Harry Carson, underrated, underrated. You know, Lawrence Taylor gets all the attention, but Harry Carson was a beast himself. Nine-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, Hall of Famer. But here's why Harry Carson is often overlooked. Lawrence Taylor, if you ever played as Lawrence Taylor on any game, if they had him on Madden and you get to play him as a character, he has a second-level ability that nobody else would have in that game. He could go around a corner. He will tackle you. He could intercept. Uh, coming from North Carolina, he was highly, highly looked at. In fact, the Giants were lucky to get him. Listen, listen to this. Ten-time All-Pro and Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, 1981 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, 1986 NFL MVP, the all-time NFL team, part of the all-time NFL team, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Now, you're not running on me. You're not running on me. And you'll be lucky if you had an offensive line that could hold back the people that I have coming at you. You'll be lucky. And here's the thing. You say, well, all right, we're going to start throwing the ball. We're going to throw the ball. And we're going to throw the ball to the point that you're not going to be able to stop them. Well, Let's talk about that. In the backfield, in, in the back part of, the, of my team, I've got four players that I would say can go up against anybody in the league right now. Ronnie Lott at safety. And what's neat about Ronnie Lott is Ronnie Lott was a monster out there. He played for the Jets. That's not what we typically think of Ronnie Lott. We think of Ronnie Lott dealing with the 49ers. He played for the 49ers and won Super Bowls. He was part of the 75th anniversary team, 63 interceptions, and he is a Hall of Famer. But he had a story where he basically cut off the tip of his pinky because he didn't want to come out of the game. Now, that tells you what he hurt his pinky had it cut off and went out there and played now that is the type of guy that i want on my team on the other side we're going to put kenny easley and kenny easley is often overlooked as well he had a short career uh, because of kidney disease i believe five-time pro bowler and nfl defensive player of the year so there's my safeties they're going to be roaming the backfield but who are you going to go against Let's say you run, I run man coverage on you. Well, I've got two of the fastest guys in the NFL history. Quarterback Daryl Green. Now I got to meet Daryl Green uh, a few years ago. Uh, I'm taller than him, but the dude looks like he will fly still. And I think at one point he was racing 20-year-olds and beating them. He was a fast, fast guy. Played his entire career for the Redskins. Two-time Super Bowl champion, seven Pro Bowlers. Five first-team All-Pros, 54 interceptions, and the Hall of Famers. Okay, 
Again, I'm just saying one game. This is what we're doing, one game. On the other side, Mike Haynes, who started with the Patriots, but then went and made his uh, career with the Raiders. Nine Pro Bowls, first-team All-Pro, two first-team All-Pros, 46 interceptions, Hall of Famer. Now, there's my defense. You're going to be punting to me a lot in this game. So when my offense takes over, what are we going to do? Well, I have some stats for these players, but I want to just tell you, when you look at these guys, I want you to look them up and watch them play. And now I'm going to have some controversy on my running back. I'm just going to run with one running back. And I'm talking about that the vast majority of the 80s is where he made his his thing. But the quarterback, I don't think, has any controversy at all. Under center from Notre Dame, I have Joe Namath, or Joe Namath, Joe Montana. Joe Namath came from Alabama. Joe Montana came from Notre Dame. I have in the corner that Dan Marino was picked for this as well. But listen to this. Joe Montana had four Super Bowl wins, three MVPs, 11 touchdowns in the Super Bowl with no interception. He never lost a Super Bowl. He never lost a Super Bowl. When you talk about who the GOAT is and it's Tom Brady with seven, that's great. Tom Brady lost two. Joe Namath, Joe Namath again, Joe Montana didn't lose, any, didn't lose anything. And he actually beat Dan Marino. So I have, uh, I have Joe Montana as my corner quarterback. Who's my running back? Well, here's where the controversy. My controversy is, do I start Walter Payton or do I start the man that I start? I started Eric Dickerson. And I pick Eric Dickerson because this is the 80s. Walter Payton did a lot of what he did in the late 70s. Now, Walter Payton is probably the best running back of all time, but I'm talking about for the 80s, it's probably Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson from Southern Methodist University, he was just insane. He uh, he was so fluid. I mean, he started with, you know, with the, with the Rams and he had the uh, Colts as well, but he was so fluid, so – his jerry curls were just amazing too – had the glasses on. He looked like he was built in a lab. And in fact, in 2000, in 1984, he rushed for 2,105 yards, the all-time record. I'm surprised his legs did not fall off. So I got Joe Montana, Eric Dickerson at wide receivers. I got three. And uh, I'm going to probably put this man in the slot, Steve, Steve Largent. If you don't know who Steve Largent is, Steve Largent was Jerry Rice before Jerry Rice was Jerry Rice. Steve Largent, at the time he retired, held all the all-time leader, held the all-time leading in receptions, touchdowns, and receiving yards. Now that is amazing to see that a guy that was picked, that was overlooked by the Houston Oilers, that the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who had a bad team pretty much all this time that he was playing, it, it was all right, but it wasn't great. They picked him, and he did what he did. On the other side, I have, of course, I have Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, who is probably the GOAT of uh, NFL, period, but definitely wide receivers. Listen to this. In 12 games in 1987, he had 22 touchdowns. He was a Super Bowl MVP. 
1989, he had 17 touchdowns and 1,483 yards. That's insane. Now, on the other side, probably probably on the other side, I'd have Art Monk played for the Redskins. Had 106 catches in 1984. So there's my three receivers. And at tight end, um, tight end to me is the best should be the best receiver in the NFL or for your team. They should be the best hands. I have Ozzie Newsom. In the 80s, he had over 500 receptions with 6,200 yards receiving over that. That is amazing. Of course, when he retires, I will let him come on and be my uh, GM. Uh, he is responsible for, for the uh, Ravens and their Super Bowls. So there's my offense, but let's look at the offensive line here, and then we're going to finish for today. Again, I appreciate you listening to the Football's Family Podcast. Make sure you like and, and subscribe to this and leave a review. Show me what I can do better. Tell me what I'm doing right. And also, we have so many more uh, things on the Sports History Network, so many more podcasts, and over 20. So make sure you go over to sportshistorynetwork.com and find you a new favorite podcast and make sure that you like and support them as well. On the offensive line, again, I'm not saying that these are going to be their positions, but I have Dwight Stevens. He was the 80s all-decade team, five pro bowlers, four first-team all-pros and Hall of Famer. I have him as center. At my left guard, I have Russ Grimm, three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time pro bowler, three-time first-team all-pro and Hall of Famer. At right guard, I have one of my favorite players of all time, Bruce Matthews. Now, Bruce Matthews could play all five positions on the, on the offensive line. But anyway, 14 Pro Bowls, first team all pros, 14 of them, or if seven times, I should say. He started 293 out of 296 games played, and he was a Hall of Famer as well. At left tackle, I put Jackie Slater, seven Pro Bowlers, 20 seasons with one team, a Hall of Famer as well. And at right tackle, I have Anthony Munoz, which is one of my favorite players of all time as well. I mean, he is often overlooked, but he's one of the best offensive linemen of all time. 11 Pro Bowls, nine-time first-team All-Pro, started 184 out of 185 games played. He's a Hall of Famer. Now, I have as well a punter and a kicker, but I don't think I'm going to use the punter very much. I have Reggie Roby slash Ray Guy. Take your pick on that. Ray Guy is probably the best punter of all time. Reggie Roby is really good, too. And a kicker, I have Gary Anderson, who had an extremely long career and was very accurate as well. But there's my team. Tell me what I did wrong. And do you think this team, if given the chance to play with the league today and know the rules and all that, do you think they can hang with some of the players today? I want to thank you for listening to the Football's Family Podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some daily fantasy football? Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday, at Thursday, at Monday, whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. 
Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA Golf, cricket, esports, and of course, NFL football. Every week during the 2021 NFL season, Thrive Fantasy has pool play contests and heads-up matches with prizes of all sizes, and even free play contests for real money. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, or enter promo code S-H-N when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique items with the retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com ROW number one for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15 Follow the link on the show notes Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.